Sometimes, refuges come in many forms. The Choptank River region is home to two. The first, the Blackwater National Wildlife Refuge, is a 28,000-acre treasure trove of biodiversity, a dynamic melting pot of brackish tidal marshes, various deciduous and evergreen forests, ribbons of fresh water, and swaths of historically rich cropland. Claiming over 250 species of birds and 35 and an 35 amphibian and reptile species. The refuge also provides sanctuary for three formerly endangered animals, the Delmarva fox squirrel, the peregrine falcon, and the bald eagle. The most stunning part of the refuge's nearly century-old legacy is that it provides a safe haven for 35,000 geese and 15,000 ducks traveling along the Atlantic flyway during the fall migration. However, long before the region was officially declared a national refuge, it provided temporary respite for another crowd passing through the area in search of a better life. Historians have identified the region as a 19th century hideaway for slaves traveling north on the Underground Railroad in pursuit of freedom. The Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad National Monument encompasses 25,000 acres of land, including the Blackwater Wildlife Refuge, that have historically significant connections to the freedom seeker, humanitarian, abolitionist, civil war spy, and underground railroad conductor in whom the monument was in honor of whom the monument was established. Tubman, born Araminta and nicknamed Minty, grew up working on slave farms in the area. She surmounted tremendous childhood horrors and emancipated herself from her enslavers and the suffocatingly low expectations for females and African Americans of the time period. Tubman partially attributes her success to self-taught outdoor survival skills that she developed in the wilderness of Maryland's eastern shore. For a span of 10 years after her own escape, Tubman gained her reputation as one of the most successful and widely remembered Underground Railroad conductors. She was also the first female to plan and carry out an attack during the Civil War. Tubman and several hundred soldiers successfully sabotaged Confederate routes by destructing the Combahee River Ferry emancipating upwards of 750 slaves, flooding crops and igniting plantations, and seizing agricultural resources worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Although Tubman herself recruited nearly 100 new soldiers gained during the raid, she received no pay for her work. More famously, Tubman was an Underground Railroad agent who carried out several rescue missions and never once lost a slave. The Underground Railroad is a bit of a misnomer because it had no tracks or train cars. The railroad was the nickname for the network of safe houses, abolitionists, and sympathetic citizens through which slaves escaped. It started at the location of the getaway and continued until the freedom seekers found independence. The route was dubbed a railroad because those who escaped seemed to vanish quickly from their captors as if they caught a train. However, the escapees fled using any means they could, foot, horseback, boat, wagon, or sometimes rail. After her own successful liberation, the resourceful Tubman and other humanitarians and abolitionists 
assisted freedom seekers from station to station. Since most enslaved people were illiterate, directions for escape were delivered orally rather than with maps or signs. The penalties for aiding in the freedom of a slave were harsh, and the government enacted legislation to parry freedom seekers' escapes as much as possible. In fact, the United States Constitution declared that slave owners possessed a right to slaves that had already fled to free states. Under the Fugitive Slave Law of 1850, an act much contested by the North, federal governments were required to aid slaveholders in recapturing freedom seekers. The runaways mainly fled north to Canada or south to Florida. They employed disguises and counterfeit documentation to escape. Some hid on ships, and others were even shipped in boxes in the mail, traveling along waterways like the Choptank River. Part of the magic of the Harriet Tubman Underground Railroad Park is that it's situated in the same wilderness that Harriet and the freedom seekers interacted with. Yet the integrity of this historically and ecologically significant land. That overlaps with the Blackwater National Wildlife Refuge is compromised at the hands of a familiar enemy, climate change, as well as an insidious new foe, COVID-19. Not only that, but the rapidly changing racial discourse in our nation today is making the need for monuments like this one that preserve, uncover, and celebrate African American history ever more pressing. I interviewed a ranger to find out how the Underground Railroad National Historic Park is faring in these troublesome times. According to the park ranger, the idea for the park arose from an organization composed of local citizens called Harriet on the Hill. Congress officially declared the visitor center area and a nearby national monument dedicated to Tubman to be a national park in 2014. As of now, climate change has yet to affect the park itself. The visitor center was built three feet above the ground in order to accommodate climate change in the future. In the wake of COVID-19, visitation to the park has decreased. A normal day would see 500 visitors, but that number has dropped now that bus service into the visitor center has stopped temporarily. The park shut down in March when the governor of Maryland declared a state of emergency. When I visited the park recently, they had just opened it up on a reservation-only basis. The Junior Ranger program continued through the whole summer, despite the closure of the park itself. The Freedom Seekers' legacy is also preserved in another type of museum. A living, fluctuating, dynamic archive of history, immutable in some ways and perpetually changing in others. The memories, hiding spaces, footsteps, and getaway paths that made up the Underground Railroad are woven into the ecologically and culturally rich habitats of the Blackwater Wildlife Refuge. This well-preserved natural sanctuary enables us to time travel to experience the same wilderness in which Harriet Tubman and hundreds of other freedom seekers sought safety in their perilous journey to liberty. Yet, over a century later, climate change threatens to literally erode the very fabric of history that is sewn into Maryland's eastern shore. As sea levels continue to rocket, scientists anticipate that every single one of the Chesapeake Bay's tidal wetlands will erode away and transform into open water 
by the end of the twenty-first century, if we fail to intervene. Rising waters have already seized almost half of the refuge's historic wetlands. That's five thousand acres of marshland lost to flooding. These drastic losses of precious acreage have an alarming impact on the creatures that reside inside this natural gem. Two bird species that call the Blackwater Wildlife Refuge home are trapped in the vice of climate change as their marshy habitats are submerged under rising waters. The population of the black rail, a bird recently declared endangered in Maryland, has declined by more than 85 percent since the 1990s. And the salt marsh sparrow, which can survive exclusively in the tidal salt marshes found in the eastern U.S., is dying off at a rate of nine percent a year. These dwindling marshes are crucial to the Chesapeake Bay's water quality too. Tidal marshes filter and cling to sediments traveling towards the bay. They buffer shorelines from extreme storms and provide essential breeding grounds for commercial fish species. The region is even more susceptible to the detrimental effects of rising waters due to its already weakened marshlands. In the 20th century, a buck-toothed rodent species called Nutria invaded the area and glutted themselves on entire swaths of wetland, denuding them of important plant species. The rodents were eradicated a decade ago, but their ravenous appetite for marshlands meant that Blackwater experienced the impacts of rising sea levels even earlier than other locations around the estuary. The marshes themselves are attempting to combat the effects of climate change by slowly shifting inland and collecting sediments to grow upward in time with rising waters. As the bay intrudes inland, the unfamiliar flood of salty water will kill off coastal forests. Fortunately, the marshes will eventually replenish these woodlands if they have enough space to do so. That's where we can help. Naturalists and scientists are working to preserve large swaths of unobstructed land on Maryland's eastern shore in order to give these marshes room to expand inland as they back away from flooded shores. Concerned organizations of wetland experts, such as the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and the National Audubon Society, are also aiming to bolster the marshes in another way. Starting in 2016, they've laid down a total of 26,000 cubic yards of sediment in order to raise the marshlands and facilitate the growth of native wetland grasses. Dubbed the Thin Layer Project, the conservationists hope. To elevate the marsh surface by four to six inches in an effort to prolong the life of the wetlands by several decades, by raising the marshes, plants are able to grow above and below the marsh surface, combating the influx of salty tides that will kill the native species. This wilderness has served as a spot of temporary respite for countless migrating bird species. It clutches some of the most unique habitat and animal species in the world, and it is home to innumerable culturally significant artifacts and memories. Maryland's eastern shore stores the legacies of decades of freedom seekers who sought sanctuary in this natural treasure long before it was officially declared a refuge. It is crucial that we protect Blackwater. 
Otherwise, countless species and stories face extinction at the hands of climate change, a force that threatens to erase our wilderness and plunge us into cultural amnesia. We need to act now so that the Blackwater Wildlife Refuge can continue its legacy as a place of sanctuary for all those who need it for many decades to come. Thanks for listening to Park Wake Up Call.